Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome into uh, Judd's Hockey Show with the side of Declan. And I believe, Dex, you just told me for the first time we are actually being streamed live, too. We are. Oh, this is exciting. Stuff. It is. Thank you. Thank you for if you are watching on oh, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. And Facebook. You almost remembered all of them. It's been so I long. I almost did. I, it's been so long since I've been on Facebook that I completely forgot. Uh, so we are here to do a one-timer today because the Wild just played the Colorado Avalanche in Edmonton in the National Hockey League bubble in an afternoon game because there's a plethora of games this week. They're all exhibition tune-ups. The Wild, of course, will uh, play the Vancouver Canucks game one of their qualifying round best of five series on Sunday. Um, I am going through my notes here, Declan Goff, because I have a lot. Of, oh, I, have, I have a lot to offer. After I am morning. shocked. You have a lot of takeaways from an exhibition game. I'm just shocked. I bet the note is it a notebook or did you actually? Oh, you went on the phone. I'm shocked at I you. On the, I was on the computer taking notes on a file, but then I, I if I you know start to read that, I can't see you. you you're such a hard copy guy, though. I'm surprised you weren't. Writing I know, them down. but I don't have a printer. Oh, that's okay. Okay, I no printer here. On, so I so I took the notes on my computer, emailed myself now on my phone. Classic. Lots of thoughts. Wild lose, no big deal. Right. I mean, and this was a this was a rough return to play for both teams. It oh, was sure. not surprisingly. It's been four plus months. Um, so I I don't blame the teams. But before I give my thoughts, yeah. what is or Declan Goff, what is your one or two biggest takeaways from what we saw this afternoon in Alberta? Well, uh, Kevin Fiala is still Kevin Fiala, Judd. Holy cow. I mean, I know the guy didn't wasn't able to get an actual goal, but the dude was all over the net. He had to get eight shots on goal. Um, I, I was curious if this guy can pick it back up because he was playing so well that I, I had trepidations of, all right, well, after a 140-day pause, is he just going to be able to basically plug it back in and, and be the player he was before? And even though it was a, a exhibition game, not a scrimmage, an exhibition game, exhibition. He, he looked he looked the part. I was impressed. I was very impressed that he, he definitely looks the part. And also, good for Matt Dumb, but I'm to get a, a goal in an exhibition game, man. That first that first shot, first shot right off the gate. Very happy for him. I I bet I gotta imagine that feels good. That goal too. If if he takes that shot in February of this past year, that puck is in the net, <laughs> the stands, right? Yes. Yeah. How many times did we see something go wrong, right? Um, so, yes, agree completely. I told you from the scrimmage that I went to at Tria Rink um, a week ago Saturday now. Yeah. Kevin, this is this is no fluke. 
Like that, that was not a nice stretch. Something's clicked here. Uh, and he doesn't have to score. It would be nice, right. but he does not have to score to your point. When you watch this kid play now, there's a confidence. There is a what game changing ability. Game there's, breaker as uh, Paul Fenton loved to dub him. Yeah. He, he drew two penalties on, on our guy, Landis Gog. Um, he made several nice moves. He could have drawn a third penalty when it looked like he got slashed on a partial breakaway, but he did not. But who cares about that? Uh, but this really feels like it's not a fluke. This feels like this kid has turned a corner, and um, I don't think he's coming back, and that's a good thing. It is. It absolutely it is. I, I thought he, I thought he played very well too with Stall. I, I was I was impressed. I know they had like nine power plays with only a couple shots on net. Definitely yeah, uh, play, probably going probably going back to the power play practice. I'm sure tomorrow. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more of that. What was up? Let's start there. Okay. Okay. Not with the teams. I'm not going to complain. The teams haven't played for a long time. And I realize the guys in stripes have not refed for a long time. But the playoffs, which we're going into, mm-hmm. qualifying round, okay, I still think they're going to consider that the playoffs. Yeah. We might not, but they are, okay? Yeah, I'm calling it playoffs. And, and then qualifying rounds done, first round of the playoffs. We know for a fact that the National Hockey League has never really clearly come out and said, you know what we want in the playoffs? Penalties, right? So what was going on today, it, it was almost like the coaches said, call as much as possible so we can practice special teams. Um, because to me, like this is not what we saw today in many ways, in many ways, is not indicative of what we're going to see starting on Sunday, starting with the fact that there is no way that basically everything, and they called damn close to everything, is going to be called. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was just more of the the referees too. Just wanted a little bit of a tune up. I I, I would be shocked, Judd, if if by the time we drop the puck uh, against Vancouver on Sunday, the same amount of calls are being made, especially in the other games too. I, I think just in general, they wanted uh wanted to get their whistles in, and it it definitely slowed some things down. And you definitely I didn't don't need that. Yeah, and I I, agree. I want to watch hockey. Right, I know, and that's what I wanted to see too. I just wanted to see just normal, quick, quick cut and dry hockey. And unfortunately, we got a lot of whistles. But also, at the same time, I was excited to watch a lot of power plays. The issue was the Wild, for the love of God, could not find the net on a power play. And uh, and then that was frustrating. When they got the four-minute one towards the end with Felino, which was a legitimate one because the guy yes. high-sticked him and he was bleeding. Um, I was like, okay, four-minute power play. For God's sakes, there will be at least a few shots here, hopefully a goal. And I believe they just got one in, and it was towards the last minute of it when it was just a scrum in front of the net. So it, it was a little frustrating to watch that part, but... Also, just get some power play time. I'm sure that even though they weren't able to get the results and the execution they wanted, I would bet um, my guy Cherokee Jack is going to be going to be Dean Evison's going to be working the boys in the power play again tomorrow and and Friday. Eight power plays, I believe. Yeah, eight, and something like three or four shots. Not going to, but they're not getting eight power plays. And I will give you my next paycheck if the (sighs) gets eight power plays in a playoff game. Write that down. (laughs) Don't write that down. Okay, uh, so Stalock plays the first two, or I'm sorry, he plays the first period, and then Dubnik comes in and replaces him with 9.50 left in the second, if I am not mistaken. He allows three goals. Dubnik comes in and did not get worked really hard. He didn't face a ton of shots. He allows no goals. Did your thoughts on what you're going to see, (laughs) I don't know, not what you're going to see, what you're going to see and also what you want to see Declan Goff. Did your thoughts on between for Sunday's game one change at all? 
given to given what we saw today in again an exhibition hockey game. I, I love overreacting uh, to exhibition hockey, Judd, and I'm going to do exactly that. I, I think Devin Dubnik now starts game one. That, that that's that's where I'm at right now. I, I think Whoa. Devin Dubnik is going to. Well, that's start a one timer for the show. I, okay. I I think Staylock. Look. I, I think it was his to lose, and it probably still is. Usually I'm wrong when I make these kind of predictions, but he just he gave up a lot of rebounds. He didn't look comfortable. Dubnik, yeah, didn't get the same amount of work that he did. And look, when Nathan McKinnon's coming in one-on-one and poor Brad Hunt's just trying to straggle along behind him, it doesn't matter if it's Dubnik, Staylock, or Tuka. McKinnon's probably going to win that battle most times. Uh, yep. But I thought in general Staylock just looked a little shaky. And if Dubnik was a little bit more, things were stabilized a little bit more with him, and I'm not surprised if Everson's a guy that goes to the hot hand, even in a small sample size like that. Wouldn't shock me at all if by the time we drop the puck at, what, 940 Central Time, whatever it is on Sunday night, that yeah. Devin Dubnik is the one who ends up getting the nod and not Alex Stalock. The Stalock rebounds bothered me to a certain degree, but I understand that, again, it's been a while. Um, I could. It was almost like the Wild because I think the players don't trust – Dubnik as much. It was almost like they buckled down, and the Avs got tired too. Yeah. I mean, both teams, so so Dubnik to me didn't get a didn't really. We didn't see him like we, we didn't see you know McKinnon, Landeskog, Makar. We saw they got some shots. Uh, I still think they start Staylock, and, and you might be right. I don't know, but I think they start Staylock. Uh, it did it did bug me though about the rebounds. And let me say this about the ragged play that we saw today. I don't think you wave a wand and this goes away on Sunday night. Like, I think we're going to see ragged hockey for not a long time, but you can't be off this long, come back and play one game and and be up to playoff um, speed or four. Right. Yeah. I do think, I do think some of the pitfalls that we saw in today's exhibition game. Yes. There'll be some of that will probably be um, out now. And guys will be coming more into form, but I don't think it's going to be complete. And so I would not be surprised if Sunday's game in particular, possibly a little bit on Tuesday, but on Sunday for sure, if that also mirrors a little bit of what we saw today in two ways. One, it's not super crisp. And two, I think there's no question. It looked to me like in the second half of today's game, guys started to wear down, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they start Staylock. You might be right. Um, but I also, I also think, and I'm curious about this. If Staylock starts and struggles, how quick is the hook too? Because you don't have a lot of time. It's not like you got four out of seven here, Dex. Yeah. There's a lot of time to screw around and be like, well, Alex had a bad couple periods, but we'll get them. Um, it's so the one thing is I think whoever starts in goal, that the hook is going to be way quicker then then Dean probably wants it to have to be because you don't have in a best three of five the luxury of time. And that's why and that's why they brought four goaltenders with them. They brought Capo and they brought Matt Robson. Now I think it would take an awful lot to get Matt Robson uh game time against the Vancouver Canucks. It would probably You're the only catas- guy that wants him. Him and his mom. Yeah, I think it'd take catastrophic uh events to get Matt Robson some serious time against the Vancouver Canucks in the play in series. Um and Capo probably has an uphill battle regardless, even though we'd like to see him get some time in there as well. I just I think that Devin Dubnik is the veteran and stabilizer right now, even after just just one you know what what he had fifteen minutes twenty minutes of game action and that was it. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at all if this, Everson just strikes me as a guy who plays a hot hand, even though it's one game, a meaningless game, 
in, in your first time in four months. I, I, I bet they're going to go with who's the, who looks the most fresh and who they're comfortable with, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if Everson turns to Dubnik. Don't forget, too, though, in the two scrimmages that they played, Stalock was the superior goaltender of those two. And the best of the top three was probably Koppel. Koppel played really well. Um, okay, a few more thoughts after the Wilds. What, 3-2 loss to Colorado today in their exhibition game to get set for Sunday. I'm coming around to your thinking on this from the wintertime when I didn't agree at all. Uh, but it's clear that Everson likes this guy. He's given him a bigger role. He's on the power play. And at center, he looks pretty comfortable. Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah. And, and if the Wild gets past Dex, the Canucks, there is no question in my mind that a key to that is going to be the fact that Galchenyuk plays well. But he does look right now to me to be a far more comfortable player. And, and I get the fact that he didn't play that much in Pittsburgh. He got here, and, and I think he was on the wing when he got here. Yeah, he dabbled, dabbled. That comfortable. He did as uh, as we got closer to the time when play stopped. Galchenyuk did seem to get more comfortable, mm-hmm. but right now it really appears that he's going to be given a pretty substantial role. And if the Wild is to get past the Canucks, I think he's going to be a, a key. And the interesting thing about that is Galchenyuk is going a long way if he can keep this up to earning himself not a great payday, but. We said what previously? One-year cut-rate deal? Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to break the bank. He's not. Um, But I do think that the way that he's viewed by the Wild in the league could change dramatically within the next week. I thought he uh, played pretty well with Zuccarello, and uh, I believe it wasn't Jordan Greenway I'm blanking. Uh, It was Foligno, Foligno who was on the other side of of Galchenyuk there. I I still would have... I would like to see if Zuccarello could play the left side. I think it would still be be the best case scenario for Fiala to have Zuccarello and Stahl feeding him feeding him opportunities in front of the net. But I, I'm curious on that third line because if if they can generate chances and and check well, then it, it actually gives the Wild three pretty decent lines uh, to match up against Vancouver. And look, I, I think Galchenyuk, uh, you know, he had, he was a slow starter. He's on that hangover from 30 goals four years ago, and everyone thinks he can go back to that player. That guy's probably gone. I mean, I, I, I just don't know if he's gonna ever going to be that guy again. He's also just a little bit of aloof defensively. Uh, but I'm, it, he will, like like you said, he will most likely play a very key role if the Wild do advance past, past Vancouver. And I'm curious because I think him and Zuccarello have a lot to prove. Zuccarello, who's on a long-term oh, yeah. contract and struggled oh, yeah. a lot. Uh, has a lot to come back from, and, and Galchenyuk, who's yeah entering unrestricted free agency, looking to build up some confidence there as well. So I, I'm very curious how those two pair together, uh, because I do think they'll probably play a significant role against Vancouver. Eric Stahl looked good. He did. His legs were there. Here's my question. A lot of games in a short time, because it's clear he's fresh. A lot of games in a condensed time. Does he continue to look good, or does he start to get tired? Because he was good. When Eric Stahl is going his best and when Eric Stahl is healthy and somewhat fresh, he's still pretty effective. I'm not saying, I, you know, preferably he wouldn't be my top line center, but he definitely, with the way he played today, I'd be comfortable with him in the top six. Second line, best case, maybe third line. Um, but I'm very curious now to see he looked good today. He looked crisp. He looked sharp. Does that continue or does he play Sunday? Okay, that's pretty good. Tuesday, it's a good, but he starts to get tired. Um, so over a long period of time, the other thing about this Dex that I thought about too, 
when Dean got the job and for the 12 games that he coached this team, the tempo changed a lot, right? It was more fun to watch. It was up-tempo. They were going um, offensively at, at a pretty good clip. My question to you at that time was, can they keep this up? Because there are some veteran guys there who it seemed logical would wear down. Here's my question now. Does this style work in a playoff-type format based on how the playoffs ordinarily work? So let's assume that, that these playoffs that we're about to see starting on uh, Saturday, let's say that they look like hockey ordinarily does in the spring, which is teams tighten up a lot, right? They, they tighten things up. You don't get as many chances. It, it's harder to get ice. That whole thing, cliches, but it's true. Does what Everson wants to do with this team offensively and going up-tempo and turning them loose, which, by the way, in February is probably going to work. Does that work in playoff hockey? Or does that actually prove counterproductive because the style of play so often changes in the postseason? I think it works because the Wild have just been off for so long. I, I think it does. I think it'll it'll be just fine to literally turn the key, for the lack of a better word, and turn them loose. I, I think I think it absolutely can work. And that that's where the I only have the trepidation of of why I don't think Dubnik will start. Stalock it basically gets them going. On, uh, hilariously enough, he he's a sixth player on the ice for them. Did you see the play today where yes. he made a save and took it and just batted the puck? God. He's, I love it. It he's probably a treat. drives coaches nuts. Yes, he's an he's an absolute treat, and he, I love watching stuff like that too. It's it's great, but I, I do think Salak probably emphasized that. But in terms of just the offense overall, yeah, I, I think they want to play up tempo, and and they don't want to have to worry about playing a defensive first game and then getting in transition and just going from there. Blah blah blah. I think they want to play an up tempo game. And if they make a mistake in the offensive zone, that's okay. If they turn a puck over, that's all right. Um, I think you have the blue line to mostly back them up. Your goaltending has obviously some question marks, but I think the team's defense as a whole uh, can make up for that. So I, I think the way this team's going to have to play is going to be that up-tempo that we saw in the last six weeks, and I think they're still capable of doing that even after the pause. Okay, last thing. All right. Probably the biggest concern if I am the Wild, and it's not my players, all right? Okay. The biggest concern is is this. Uh, during the course of the uh, Fox Sports North telecast, which, by the way, Walls, Carter, LaPanta, I like I like the three-man booth. Brought a lot of, uh, basically, discussion about the game. Um, but Wes mentioned in the course of today's game, I think back in the first period, that it was 35 degrees Celsius in Edmonton and super humid. I looked it up. Um, that translates to 95 Fahrenheit. Now, I Googled this during the course of the second period. And on Google, it said today in Edmonton, 83 degrees Fahrenheit, 54% humidity. While on Sunday and Tuesday, Declan Goff, are going to be playing the last game of the day. And I believe there's three games per day in that rink. Um, So the Wild and Canucks are going to get, after a long day, they're going to get the sheet of ice last, and it's going to be hot and and. Humid. Now, the one good thing is, I will say this, the one good thing is without fans, I'm guessing the amount that the doors open and close is going to be pretty small. So it's not going to be fans and you're not going to actually have, you know, 15,000, 17,000 bodies in said rink. That's going to help. But I really do start to wonder after when you're playing the third game, two consecutive days. Yeah, it's been hot all day long what the quality of ice is going to be like, because we, we know, you know, the puck does funny things already, right? Like it could be a great sheet of ice and it goes off somebody's butt, breezer, skate, blah, blah, blah. 
But when you're talking a possible, you know, the bouncing puck, um, a, a sheet of ice that's probably slower than it ordinarily should be, that's my one thing, because you can't control it, but that's the one thing that I would be concerned about because there's no question in my mind that that is going to somehow, in some of, of these games, including the Wild probably, play a role. So uh, obviously, Judd, you know how much I love to assume being an armchair GM or sometimes trying to be a hockey player and putting my mind in that. But it, it, in terms of putting myself in a Zamboni driver and just ice technician artists, I don't know, even know what the plural word of, of a Zamboni drivers would be. I don't, I don't know anything about that, and I'm just curious to see how much that does play a role. Obviously, heat melts ice. I can definitely tell you my St. Cloud State education told me that, so I do know that. Yeah, but, it slows it and creates divots. But yes. I, do, I do believe that, and this is going to sound very uh, Fox Sports North to me, both teams have to play on this ice, so I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily an issue for the Wild. I think it's going to be an issue for the Canucks, too. Um, it will be. Yeah. But, but, that, but that's my point is, is – this is one sport where it's already very difficult to control things. You, you basically can't. Yeah. And so both teams are going to lose more control. And I, I guess if I'm these teams, I'm not super happy about getting the third game of the day in Edmonton in games one and two. Yeah. I'd like game one on one of those days. For sure. And uh, I get Vancouver I, probably wants to play late, but bleep them. I would prefer, I, I prefer as good advice as I could possibly get on let's say Tuesday if I'm going to be playing late, which they are on Sunday. Look, I, obviously there's probably more of an advantage of you playing first than playing third uh, over the course of a 12-hour day. I get that. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I think when we watch the Wild win or lose, I have a very good feeling that the ice is probably going to be number 13 on the list of why they won or lost. I, 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 I think it's just going to be very far down. The, it's definitely something to watch. I'm not trying to poo-poo it completely. I just I, I'm I, I don't have any knowledge to speak on that, so I'm always just curious how that works. I think everyone always like secretly wants to be a Zamboni driver. I think it's just some like some job everyone. There's more to it than that, though. I mean, you gotta be a master, a craftsman of right. the act. Very difficult. Yeah. And, and I, I, if this was if this was a January or February tournament, I'd say yeah, it's not perfect, but who cares? Right. But it's a summertime deal. That's what makes this tough. And again, look, yeah. I don't want to hear excuses, but I do. I, but I am curious to, to see if getting the late game in both of those days. And to your point, you're exactly right. It's going to impact both teams. It is. I, I, I would have said, give me the early game on Tuesday if I got to play the late game on Sunday, or give me the early game on Sunday if I have to play the late game on Tuesday. Uh, just a final thought. Okay. Final thought. I get but it. I, do think, I do think the most important thing is do not be surprised if if Sunday's first game becomes a bit ragged pretty quickly because I think the ice is going to play a role. And again, I don't think it's fair to expect the players are going to come back from what, four and a half months off. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to expect that they're going to come back from that long of break, play one exhibition game and be like set to go. And, and I know they've been practicing and playing scrimmages, but that's not the same as games. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to do some digging as a, in my Darren Doogie Wolfson voice and get some sources here on some Zamboni drivers. I do know a couple you know some stuff. I do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to check Actually, you my, know my uh, Rolodex here. Do that. Make some calls. Okay. Ask a simple question: How much is playing the last game in a hot climate? How much is that going to impact both teams? Okay. So you're saying that you think Dubnik starts in game one? I do. I think Dubnik starts game one. It's not going to shock me if he does, but I'm going. I'm going to stick with Staylock and just just going to give a 5% chance to the wild has a surprise up its sleeve maybe uh, an impromptu Capo gets, right. gets the start shocking everybody including the canucks 
man, in those scrimmages, he looked sharp. Maybe uh, an impromptu wild write that down this week on Mackey and Judd, if we can convince our hockey uh, connoisseur, Phil Mackey. You kidding, Mackey? Yeah. Kidding me? Good luck. Okay, so it, it's been uh, it's been fun talking about hockey being back. It's great to have the sport back. Judd's Hockey Show, which you can check out podcast form. We uh, talked to Sarah McClellan, the Star Tribune, on Wednesday about the uh, tournament, about the playoffs, the Canucks series, and all that good stuff. This has been a one-timer. Colorado 3, Wild 2, Exhibition Hockey. It doesn't matter, but it does because it's back. We'll talk to you soon. Declan, what do you have to say for yourself? Bash shoot score. Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if the CEO can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.